This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debate. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Bill Gormley. Bill is uh, president of Gormley Group. He's also chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And uh, Bill, first of all, welcome back to the show. It's you know it's we're in a new quarter or the end of a quarter, um, you know, and it's it's time for you to provide some insights of what you see going on. And there's some monumental sort of you know events, dates, whatever, um, with the end of September. So first of all, again, welcome to the show. It's an honor, I guess, being being asked to come back. I'm, did the ratings go up or something, or what are we from last time, or what? I mean, I'm, it's good. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> my pleasure. So, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So, so we are here. We are. It's September. It's the end of September, uh, end of the fiscal year. So it's the end of a you know of 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 a of a spending sort of time frame, but also. It's going to mark, you know, a new era, let's say, in the GSA schedules program as they move, begin the official move to a single consolidated solicitation on October 1st. Um, and I know we can talk about, you know, some of the technical issues and things like that. But overall, first, I just, just you know, this is a this is a sort of sea change for GSA. 24 schedules going down to one schedule. They're managed all over the country in different acquisition centers, you know, um, you know, different leadership styles, you know, all part of a single organization and, you know, trying to get all those moving parts sort of focused on this new initiative. There's that's that's about people and leadership and change and culture. So today I thought that's what we talk about some primarily and I just like get your opening thoughts. Sure, sure. And you don't mind can i uh, can i can i divert just for a minute oh sure for a second sure because you know we normally at least i haven't done is kind of a shout out here robin Bourne is uh that's right you mentioned schedules program and robin Bourne is uh, retiring at the end of this government physical year that's right that's another you know changing of the guard (laughs) yeah robin so so, uh, somebody i've known almost for my entire my entire career in procurement when i was at gsa um was uh you know, in the leadership team in the IT center with Roy Chisholm back yeah, in the day, wow. helped yeah. manage and participate in Major the merger. Change. Yeah, when Major they moved change. the IT yeah. schedules to the federal supply schedule program. Um, so I wanted to give him a shout out. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, that's, congratulations that's very, on a great career. Yeah, very nice family. of you, Bill. And right. yeah, Robin, um, thank you for your service. Okay. So talking about uh, schedules going to consolidated one, I think it's uh, – yeah, I give hats off to GSA. It's been on the the books as a potential action item for a number of years, and um, to credit to Emily, her team, and you know Alan Thomas for picking it up and moving that from because uh, it's not going to get it's not going to ha- it wasn't going to happen unless it had senior management commitment to it and putting the um, you know the the folks in charge in the at the working operational level to to see it through and develop the. Uh, 
you know the initial the initial design of how organizationally it was going to going to be designed. And to your earlier point, there are uh, different acquisition centers around the country, and each one sort of has its own swim lane, for lack of a better way of saying it. You know, whether it's off supplies or IT or you know consulting or hand tools and security and all that. So how's this all going to come together? Is you know what people are waiting to see. I think I think the uh, GSA has done a good job of communicating to industry uh, the time the timelines, and so far they they've actually met them. Yes, and yep. so and so now uh, to an earlier point by you is how is the internal organization going to ingest this change and implement it and um, and and see the success that's going to come out of it, you know, as early as possible. So, but you're right. It's effective um, October 1st. I believe the solicitation is coming out by the end of the month, right? Or right. Yeah. By yeah. September 3rd. So that new offers will yeah. be under the news, yeah. new single schedule. Um, you know, I, I, we can, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, a bit more um, about, you know, managing that change and the importance of people. Um, but first let's just, you know, do a little bit of some sort of procurement uh, geekyism, I guess. I don't know if that's a word, Let's but go. that's Let's go. so. <laughs> just from your perspective, what are the biggest um, benefits, enhancements of going to a single schedule? Well, I think, or, or from a from an industry viewpoint, uh, having um, continuity across the there. If you have more than one schedule, in particular, the continuity of applied. Uh, policy interpretations uh, throughout GSA. So I think removing any um, terms, conditions that were overlapping, now they're going to have a, um, a one set of files for terms, conditions, and clauses, and that'll be that'll be a, a major step forward in helping to have continuity on negotiations and understanding of what the terms, conditions are throughout uh, the contracting community within GSA, but furthermore, um, through the customer user experience, now you'll be able to, um, you should be able to get through one contract number or um, a solution and not just uh, segments of it. And eBuy, and we're jumping around a little bit, but for those who follow this, eBuy would be an easier opportunity for industry to respond, but as well, and more importantly, really, is get the customer requirements under one, uh, the opportunity for one schedule now. Yeah. I think uh, that creating a platform that's easier to use, I mean, um, just builds on the builds on what's already in place. And I, I to me, and I think you touched on it, that solution sort of approach that companies now will be able to offer their complete suite of products under a single you know, touch point, right? Rather than having different schedules and then you get into scope of contract issues and, you know, if a customer wants the broad scope of what, what a company or companies offer, rather than having to do multiple different transactions across different schedules, now you can, you, you have the opportunity to, to, to acquire that solution a little bit more effectively. Plus, um, and along with, you know, change, you want to have opportunity, but along with opportunity and change, always brings other challenges. So uh, one of the key, I think, implementation opportunities for GSA, not only in bringing all this together under one solicitation or one schedule, as you said, Roger, but the other one is how do you actually address the market 
uh, in in the from a once the contract is contract contracts are awarded, and there's a carryover of actions. In other words, like the BPAs. Yes, pre-existing and, ones. Pre, right. yeah. And so that is going to be, I think, real important to have that continuity um, recognized, or the need for that type of continuity of carrying over and not have to recompete all these BPAs or something, because that's just going to frustrate the customer community, um, really shake up industry and try and understand what I, I thought we had a you know a BPA for one year with various options, and now we don't, or we don't know. And so that's I think that uh, will be a real important factor or feature for GSA to to get clarity on it. Both, you know, it's a three legged stool, right? You got GSA, you got a customer, you got industry. So for those right. those other two, the customer and, and industry, you know, to get the clarity on the the BPAs moving forward. Right. Yeah, that's BPAs orders, and that and some of that's pretty mundane stuff, but it really just goes to like contract numbers and how, you know, and making sure that the customer does understand, you know, that this doesn't mean their BPA has to disappear and the contractor as well. Right? Yeah, because the important part <laughs> to recognize is the BPAs in, in total are the majority of sales under the schedules program. We're close to it. So it's a very right, significant, close. Yep. very, That's very significant. So, you know, that can't be ignored to to have to gain further success out of the decision to move forward under one solicitation. Right. And Bill, you know what? We're already up on the break. Um, when we come back, I want to talk to you about people, the importance of people, importance of like culture, leadership, you know, the, the, those type of things. You've touched a little bit on the senior management, you know, has to, in this case, you know, made the decision, move forward. There's a lot involved in, in, in even just taking that step and just how it flows down to to the rest of the team. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He's president of the Gormley Group. I'm Roger Waldron. You're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And Bill, we're we're talking about these. You know, we're at the end of the fiscal year. There's some milestones here. We mentioned Robin, of course, in his yeah. retirement. You know, and also, so there's end of an era there in a certain sense, but also the beginning of a new uh, schedules program with um, this the single consolidated schedule. We'll get back into some of the technical issues, perhaps, and maybe about companies sure. where they have multiple contracts and what they need to think about. You did. You already dealt with the BPA issue, but just more generally, the people, and you know, this is a significant operational change for the program that has huge potential for benefits. How you know the the role of people and the role of leadership in affecting the change? Well, you know, um, if you don't have people, you don't have an organization. So, I think part of the key here is the single schedule. And as well as a lot of the, the system changes, Roger, that they're also making, you know, the e-offer area and and um, SAM and the you know, Fed Biz Ops and all that. Yes. So there's, there's a changes lot on. of changes that, you know, how do you expect anyone just to to keep up with it when they have to interface with, with you know, from a contracting standpoint, all of those changes that, that it's just not a solicitation, it's systems and there's a lot of training and a lot of different you know, opportunities. And I, I think sometimes we 
it's easy to talk about, you know, uh, I hate to call it trendy, but for the sake of calling it trendy, yes. technology is going to replace a lot of things. And I think, you know, people want to focus a lot on, you know, the, um, the artificial intelligence, the AI. Right, machine learning, AI. Machine learning. But, you know, you can – any manager can never lose, fac- lose focus on the PI. And that's the people intelligence. Right. <laughs> and so that's, I think, is important to get not only the communications of systems of, you know, as a manager, and just, you know, to me, but I, I thrived on the controversial side of putting something out there and not making it controversial, but acknowledging the fact that everyone's not going to agree with, with the change. And as a manager, be willing to listen to why they don't agree with the change because they're there's probably nuggets in there of validity from that person's perspective. And it may be based on their experience or it may be based on wrong messaging out there that, that, that the person's like arguing a good point, but that's not really what we were going to do anyway. So the, you know, it's constant communication that it, it comes in different forms. I mean, people can pick it up, you know, through visual, some people pick it up through meetings or reading. And so I think, uh, one one key factor here is in and it hats off to GSA and uh, to Emily and her and her team in that you know, they're going to have the training conference. Was it April? Fast twenty twenty April fourteenth yeah. through sixteenth. And so in Atlanta, while, Georgia. Yeah. Well, that's a, a ways away, so to speak. I agree, but I would say, but I think the internal communication and the communications between now and April, both internal and external, are just. You just you can't let up and just take a a sigh of relief of like October first for the first time we right, got one right. schedule let's kick back that that is really going to be you know the, the starting line of of a marathon of right. communication right and, that, and that's the, now, we might even say the harder work begins right yeah because you're now you're going to interface with people not artificial intelligence it's your right. people intelligence and so you're gonna you know you just have to keep keep communicating and refining it and demonstrating that you're agile, you're going to be agile in your communication, uh, you know, statements. And I think that's, you know, to, to show the victories along the way, like who gets the first award or, or where they're at, or how's this reducing award, you know, lead times and all that. And, and to really re hopefully all these changes are enabling GSA to bring in more companies at a faster rate and you know companies come and companies go i mean they get bought or they they don't make it for various reasons and i think that's hopefully this one solicitation is going to really stream you i don't know how more streamlined you can make it than one i mean right that, right yeah, it's yeah. right fair 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 challenge to everybody right now but right. i think right now that would be good um so you know your key asset is your people and that's uh that is not should not be forgotten um just moving forward on this whole uh, whole change right so you know, one of the things i wanted to pick up on that you talked about is um the idea of um you know listening to your people right and to it's isn't that, it's that that sort of fine line between you you know that there's been a sort of management is going a certain path and how you listen to the folks questions about it, maybe concerns about it and address them that you don't, you, you kind of have to need that to get true buy-in, right? Rather than, Oh yeah, this is like, yeah. they've just told us we're going to do this. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we've all been around, you know, instances where someone will ask for feedback and I think they hear you, meaning noise, but they're not listening to you. Yes, right. <laughs> and the so, art of listening to people, right? right. And I think GSA has, has, has really um, taken a, a big commitment here and, and asked for a lot of feedback on the single, on the single uh, solicitation and has incorporated a lot. Right. They, this summer they did RFI on the terms and conditions and RFI on the SIN structure, which I haven't even talked about yet. Um, you know, plenty of meetings. Um, you know, and in fact, you know, the, the leadership team, you know, Stephanie Shutt has been very open and engaged with industry and other stakeholders. And um, I think that's made a huge difference. And her, her commitment is on display every time. Yes. That, yep. that she is in front of an audience and um, she wants to provide clarity. She wants, uh, she wants the, the feedback and she has a very, uh, she, she brings a very positive attitude, which could be a very trying time with a major. You team. have to have a lot of patience, right? I think. <laughs> and you have to be practical. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's not that I'm the smartest one in the room type right. approach. And she's been very, very open about that. And in that style, uh, really allows her to accelerate and, and make possible what's going to occur October right. 1st. Right. So one of the things I was, in your experience, when you were in the government effectuating change, your your focus was on people? Was that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I'm sure some folks would say no, because right. and, well, and, that's, and that's always okay going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, right. that's all part of it, right? Right. But I, you know, I never, you know, some folks will look at, you know, you know, power struggles or organizational who's got the power. And I, you know, you know, I just, I, I just never viewed it that way. I viewed it as how, how do we get better collectively? And some folks will be impacted different than others. And, um, yeah, I remember, you know, can we tell a war story? Sure. Absolutely. And so I remember when we started industrial funding that the office in uh, New York at 26 federal plaza, you know, did not have a big schedules program, but, you know, I'd go up there and, and just the, the, the environment the employees were working in was not, you know, wasn't really a high standard in, or even acceptable standard. And so the IT schedule folks were the ones that are making all the money and, and bringing the IFF in. So, I, you know, I'm like, Hey, we're using the IFS, the industrial funding fee as a pool organizationally. So took money from that to, to improve the New York office, sure. you know, and the IT folks were, hey, when, when are we getting ours too? So, you know, it's a matter of, hey, we're in this together, right? You know? And and I think that starts to set the stage of, of it's not my money or it's not my schedule, but I think there is a it's value. our program, right? Is that now, what yeah, 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 more so, it's the MAS, right? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And so now I think it gives them the opportunity to more of a collegiate you know, corporate world. And it's kind of like one P and L. And I think, um, there was some attention and, you know, not that many, not that long ago, a few years ago where people were trying to look at each schedule and was it profitable or not? And I think this moves away from that because it's, I always viewed the schedule as a shopping mall and that each schedule was a store inside. So some were going to be more profitable than others. And, and I think what brings it to the GSA's uh, existence is really to serve the customer base right. and be smart about it, obviously. But 
I think this is really going to allow them to super leverage, you know, the value of GSA, you know, throughout government and in industry. Right. And it just, the single schedule reinforces that idea that it's a, that it is a program. Yeah. It's a single program. It's, single it's program. not, you, you can't look at it and pull it apart. It's not right? New York. It's not Fort right. Worth. It's right. not Kansas City. It's right. GSA. Right. Well, Bill, you know what? We're up up on the uh, uh, on the next break. <laughs> um, so when we come back, maybe we can talk a little bit more about um, some of the considerations when you're looking at, you know, where you have multiple contracts, maybe a little bit more on systems, and um, just also where you th- see um, what's the, sort of the next step people may not have thought of that, that they should start thinking about in this area. Uh, my guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of Gormley Group. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And, uh, you know, Bill, we're talking, you know, it's a, it's a interesting and a, a I wouldn't say in government procurement momentous time with the uh, consolidation of the schedules down from 24 solicitations to one. Uh, you know, it begins in earnest or officially um, October 1st when GSA puts out the um, the new solicitation. Um, but there's also lots of folks who already have contracts in place, right? And they have contracts across multiple different of those 24 different schedules. You know, you just have some thoughts for those companies, what they need to keep, you know, in the front of mind as they're as as a as they manage towards consolidating themselves and working with GSA. Well, GSA uh, has come out and basically has a time frame. I think it's I think it's January of next year is when they're going to start moving existing companies under the single single schedule, and I believe it's June or July of twenty twenty that they're going to reach out to companies who have more than one schedule. And, and as I think GSA's um, expressed their interest in the, in the June or July is that they're going to, you know, they want to talk to each, each contractor who has more than one schedule and kind of see what they want to do. So this is going to be kind of interesting to see what they want to do, because I think part of the consideration that for a company uh, to consider has, has not, it's not been clarified yet. In other words, the NAICS codes could be right. could be a reason. You know, a company may may want to maintain two single <laughs> schedules, or two single contracts, or may not because we don't know how it's going to affect business size and other you know other aspects. And um, well, I think that the 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 boogeyman in the room, so to speak, over this thing is going to be the NAICS codes and see how that's going to be displayed or offered in the new solicitation. So I think that... Right. I, my understanding, right, is they're going to go from, you know, you can confirm, correct me if I'm wrong, but they currently have about 900 SINs or line items, and they want to go down to about 300 and make them NAICS code based. Yeah. So I think that's what we're hearing, but we got to right. see what that means. What the, yeah, what it means and what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's from an industry standpoint, because you, you want to you know, be able to stay in front of your customer. And I know DOD is, is next code, next, next codes focused, so to speak. And I think that's 
part of the consideration for companies who actually do a, a lot of DOD work. Ain't DOD. And for GSA, right? That's yep. why they're, one reason yep. why they're doing a customer. Yeah, yep. systems and, and tracking. I'm sure, it's going to go into category management, and you know, everything go, goes to category management. So yes. see how all this aligns. So that's, I think they're, and I think part of this, Roger, in between January and, was it July? Or June? June or July, yeah. Yeah, something like that. This um, summer. Yeah. So use the government speak the summer, it. the fall, right? So anyway, the uh, is that people who may have um, currently have more than one contract. Some of them may have a con- contract that expires between January and July. Yes, yeah, so that's a good point. There's yep. going to be a lot of different, you know, variables in here of how GSA approached it or how industry. So that's going to be kind of interesting to to see in january if they know that contract expires in march or april can can we just can we wrap in that those that contract if i want to that second contract into my you know january contract so that's, there's so many variables here that you know we could talk forever on and, and still wouldn't touch on all of them but the point here is gsa has set out some some um, road markers so to speak for implement fully implementing in transitioning the existing program or contracts into the single schedule. So I think from an industry standpoint, uh, maybe it's because we're on a radio show, <laughs> stay tuned, right? right yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, so there's, there's information out there and GSA is putting it out on their interact and so forth and having, you know, I think you're having the fall, the fall conference is coming up and that's going to be talked about there as well. So, you know, folks are more obviously more than welcome to come to that and hear from GSA. Yeah. And I, I think one of the important, you know, the, I think the really important things that um, GSA is talking about is the idea of um, working with the companies dependent upon their situation. That, you know, I think it's that inflexibility, I think, is probably one of the keys to success over the long term, right? Yeah, and I think Stephanie's, or, you know, not only her personality, but her business acumen is that, you know, there there's usually reasons why companies have pursued schedules in the way they have. And I think you know, if they've been successful, then she'd like to to give them the opportunity to maintain that success and maybe be more successful or the opportunity to be more competitive. So I think that's why she wants to, she's kind of reached out and said, hey, we'd like to have that discussion with you to see how you would like to move forward. And, and I think from there, you know, decisions will be made. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what what's, what's your feeling about, you know, the training of the, you know, the GSA workforce in this context, does it create a, a platform and opportunity for further training on, you know, on schedules just generally in the policies and yeah, because to foster that consistency? But there's also probably going to be training of how or just uh, how this it changes the workflow for for folks, right? Yeah. And so and we touched on it earlier. It's, I think the ownership is more sing- has been more singular in regards to. Uh, a region, GSA regional um, schedule assignments. And I think that is going to be more, you know, collaborative now and really, really focusing the, you know, the GSA team, so to speak, in, in the schedules arena. So, you know, we've talked about, if you don't mind, Roger, we talked about, sure. you know, what's coming. Um, but you know what, once you're, once you're getting this close, you, you you know you can't like I said we just can't like say we're at the finish line for anything right so it's I the think, follow through right it's continuing yeah and how do, how does one get better right so yeah you know, we call it the third curve so 
I think there, there's there's still more out there that the single schedule is now going to allow GSA to address um, more to get other areas addressed that by having one single uh, solicitation and you know the uh, price reduction clause. Yes, um, to have uniformity on that is that is that you know back in the day when that was written um, and updated and so forth. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was before the uh, you know what the uh, uh, I should call Carolyn up there. right, she, she, yeah, she yeah, Carolyn that. Alston, yeah. yeah. But anyway, she rewrote so, the policy. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So anyway, so that that was changed and updated. But now times have changed, you know, particularly with the you know the e-commerce and just the the, the uh, speed of business now. And so it, you know, I know it's hard for some folks to really understand this, but the price reduction clause is really inhibiting the government from getting a better deal up front because there's too much risk associated with it. And and that has to be built in from a business standpoint. And I think the price reduction clause and and maybe uh, I know they've gone to TDR yeah, just on the price reduction. The other thing it does too is it restricts ability of companies to compete in the private sector. Yeah, there and is, and that's one area that really I just you know somebody needs to make a statement about that at some point. It's, well, it would I seem to me. I think it's a coalition you have. You know, yeah, yeah I mean within the guy. I mean, it's yeah. it's a real life. It affects economic activity, yeah. and yeah, and it's it's viewed as that maybe the government doesn't care it from an industry standpoint, but it does come back to the government. It could be more favorable for the government to to. To really focus on, you know, the price, the impact of the price reduction clause. We'll, yeah. we'll just leave it that way. Yes. We're just, we're just leaving, we're putting stuff on the plate. We're not, absolutely. You know, we're, right, can't. So. we're not going to solve another item on the plates TDR, which GSA, um, in fairness, you know, it's been around for a couple of years now, I guess. And transactional, transactional data reporting is on some, some of the schedules. So it'll be interesting to see how that's implemented on the single one. Right. Whether, I mean, I, he, my understanding, and we'll see how it plays out, is if you have TDR under one of your schedules, you can move TD to TDR across all the items you offer, even if it was a schedule where it's just a price reduction clause. Right. So, GSA. which we just for the listeners, you it's it's a dynamic where if you are under the transactional data reporting or you report on all your task orders or delivery orders, the t- price reduction clause doesn't apply. So people get you know. There's a potential choice there. And that could even evolve, you know, further to, you know, there's been discussion of an e-invoice or something for GSA to collect data. Yeah, that's what Emily's put, you know, yeah. So that's ideas, good. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's, you know, that's being talked about. And I think that's a, that'll really allow an explosion of, uh, for small businesses and, well, really any size company you know, to play in this program and offer, really give, GSA access through a single schedule um, to host a, a a program for all government users, you know, of what's available commercially. Right. And and I really think, you know, we talk about the speed of business now, and then we're really, maybe we're getting out there a little far here, but, but that's okay, right? Yeah, sure. Like, Why not? Like, you know, the old saying is we're just talking. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the other one would be you go to an unpriced schedule, which yeah. had been talked about years ago. So I think GSA is really yeah. teeing itself up for right. implementation of some of these areas. Right. And we'll talk a little bit more about unpriced schedule in the next segment, our last segment, Bill. We're, but we're already up on the break. Uh, my guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of Gormley Group. Uh, I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. 
Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And, Bill, we're talking today, we're talking a lot about GSA and schedules consolidation. And um, and yeah, and last towards the end of the last segment, we were talking, you, you brought up the idea of what what's next, what are the opportunities. Uh, you talked a little bit about Price reduction clause and you know its lack of relevance, uh, TDR and its role, um, which I think they've extended the TDR sort of pilot um, for to get you know to, to, as they move through consolidation, which makes a lot of sense. You know don't, that you're you're already making one big change, and you know to, you should you know you should continue you know look, looking at TDR through that change. I think makes more stability in the program. Um, but yeah, you had towards the end of the segment you mentioned unpriced schedule, and it's interesting. GSA does have statutory authority now to do unpriced, which means there's no negotiated labor rates at, for services at the contract level that doesn't have to be negotiated. That the pricing and competition is left at the task order competi- at the task order level, and companies are vetted for qualifications theoretically to get a or technical to get onto the contract. Then you focus on price and value competition at the order level. Um, it's an authority DOD's had for two or three years. I think Seaport E uh, may utilize it. Um, but GSA has it now, and it has it not just for schedules, but for other contracts as well. Um, so I just, you know, th- that is a initiative for GSA. Do you think that's like the next place they need to go um, and, and look at implementing it across? You know the services hourly rate um, contracts on yeah, schedules. You know you raise an interesting point here. Maybe uh, the short answer is yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. because other other parts of government are already doing this, and and I think it's from an industry standpoint. You know we're you know we're, I know we're getting a little um, getting a little deep here, but. You know, you, we talk about labor categories. You know, some some folks in government want you to explain. An employee's total capability in the IT area. <laughs> it's just, you know, I think I think there's categories you can put an employee in without giving all all of the uh, um, experiences or or you know that 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 qualification that person has because they're changing and so the, it creates an administrative nightmare for a company and it just gives certain parts of government an opportunity just to go and investigate and why haven't you updated your position description on Bill Gormley you know i it systems you know uh, operator or manager or supervisor and it's things change i mean it's pretty fluid out there and it it sort of gets back to the you know the price reduction clause some of this is the the, sure. the industry practice in of itself and i think that's a key point Industry commercial practices continue to evolve at at, a, at the market rate, and this the schedules program, you know, still wants so much uh, clarity and 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 explanation or definition of these labor categories that it, it's it's bogging industry down, and it's not really creating the benefit. I think GSA or not only GSA, the the customer just wants to make sure the job gets done. And there's some basis of negotiation to to determine 
fair and reasonable, which and all is also competition, right? Right. Right. And um, so anyway, that you know, another area where I mean it's not covered by the statute GSA because it's very specific to hourly rate services, but uh, you know the unpriced schedule concept for services would fit perfectly for cloud services. Yep. Those yeah. change. Yep. 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 You know, they can change, they change monthly, they change, they could weekly. What I mean, that the prices change all the time, and and the uh, and and to have a you know price reduction clause that's tied to it and have to have you know set pricing on the contract is you know frankly inconsistent with fl- the flexibility ne- necessary to take full advantage of the commercial cloud services that are out there. So, you're a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah don't don't hold that against me. So I, you know, so I should trust you here, right? So uh, part of this is that you, you said you know, that, not me. <laughs> part of this, part of this is that, you know, to your point, GSA has the authority. Number one, number two, this uh, practice is already occurring under other GWACs, right? For the pricing side, so in a certain sense, yeah, that yeah. the pricing I mean, under the GWACs at GSA is much more flexible on, than it is under the right. schedules. And so, the only thing I would, you know, hopefully, you know. Some folks are listening to this that say, hey, this is an idea. Maybe we should pursue it or look at it again. The only thing I'm going to say is please, the fact it's you have the authority, the practice is, is in motion as, as we're talking, that GSA not, please do not do a pilot. It, you have the authority. Right. Go Congress with made a decision. Yeah. So, they I gave mean, you the authority for hourly rate services yeah, to do this. You can only get so Why many do you need to do a there. pilot? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's all. I mean, just do it because that the pilot is almost a hesit. It's like go for it. Don't you know, we don't know yet. Go for it. We don't. And so it creates confusion on the, on the customer side as well. Right. And so, the, and the contractor and side. Contractor like, am side, I going to have yeah. my own price line items right. right here next to these ones that I still have that are. Negoti- I mean, yep. it's it it's it, yeah, it creates some it. inefficiencies and confusion. Yep. So, so the other thing, if you don't mind, since sure. we're talking about opportunity here, and I'm sure you've heard this before, maybe you haven't. Evergreen, it's like maybe GSA has the opportunity to do evergreen contracting, which is there. There's no there's no end date. You just continue to refresh the con- if a company's in business, let them have these moments that they can refresh it. Maybe at option periods, right. And save a ton of time, a ton of administrative time, and 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 really leverage, you know, both parties' uh, ability to to get this done quicker and have more consistency of, of relationships between industry, GSA, and the customer base. Right. Well, then you'd eliminate concerns about whether a BPAs, you know, can extend beyond the term of the contract or right, not. Right. Or I mean, it's, it's all that kind yeah, of I mean, stuff. But they, they would be recompeted, but. You know, people may say, hey, how can we do Evergreen? Hey, listen, and I'm, this is just uh, and, humor time, but I remember when— Well, explain it, was, it for the folks exactly. Evergreen so mean that there would be no end of a contract period. It would there, it would continue. Evergreen. Evergreen, right? Evergreen. And for those who are like, oh, my God, how can we do that? I, I remember when it was back when, like, how could we not have late is late? And we had right. continuous open season, which right. is— Or 20-year contract. 20-year contract. Well, that was the other part of it, right. yeah. So— it can happen, and every and the, and the sun will rise the next day and continue yes. to rise. Okay, if right. it doesn't, why in hell we care? Excuse so me. So you you brought up the fact I'm a lawyer, though, right? <laughs> One of the areas that you will have to worry about is like document retention, how long you have to keep, whether you can come up with the rules around that. I know GSA's tried to do that um, in the GSAR with regard to the 20 year contract, but 
So what does that mean? I mean, it, it means it just, like you got to keep them forever. I guess you can. No, just right? do, just do it. You know, it's like you're like you you raise your child and they leave the house. Now, you we're have really all the paperwork. Geeky, the yeah. paperwork leaves with them. So right. change, maybe make a twenty year retention of paperwork and then cut it or something. Right. Whatever. Right, well. But anyway, you're yeah, you're yeah, you're geeky. going lawyer on me. Yeah. and this is what they need. Uh, to the lawyers avoid. need to help address it, not yeah. suggest it. I mean, that's part right. of the deal. Yeah, right? that's true. And cooperative purchasing. Okay. So yes. It, there is one taxpayer base. Okay. Yes. And that's the people who pay taxes, right? So. Right. And so you know, schedules helps with federal tax you know, save money, and also the states are looking more and more to the schedule. So co- opening cooperative purchasing up to the single schedule would be a great option. Right across, and right now yep. it's currently with IT, right, and for disaster recovery purposes, yep. and by just generally buying from, by state and locals off the schedules. For all all types of other things, you know, it's not is not is not in place. That's a that's a good suggestion, Bill. That's good. <laughs> I, think that's I had good. some value today. You right, you sure you did. <laughs> I'll give you the last word. Any hey. final thoughts about uh, consolidation? Um, congratulations to GSA. I mean, you know, I remember we had 130 some schedules, and we brought it down to 30 some. And I, I, I would say that's easy because GSA is, you know, in logistics, in the logistics terminology, it's easy to get something so far, but the last mile is what they're working on right now to right. consolidate the schedules program. So my, my hat's that's off. usually the hardest, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I did the easiest. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, Stephanie's doing the hardest now on her team and everybody else. But, you know, maintain that leadership and, and keep talking both internally and externally and, it's going to be hey. There, there's going to be rough spots, but overall, I think you think they've cleared the forest here. Right, great. Well, I want to thank my guest today, Bill Gormley, president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Uh, I'm Roger Waldron, and you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.